Chapter 18 The Exhibition of Extinct Peoples The distance between the Spanish and Clausen synagogues is only a few kilometers, but getting from one to the other wasn't easy. It required Hermann and Klaus taking an even more torturous route through the maze than what they had done on their previous journeys. They had to drive all the way north to the river and go westward along Dvorak Key before taking a seashell-like path around Maisel Street and Ustarhohushpitova. I don't understand how you can figure this all out, the driver commented to Herman as he parked near the building with his head shaking in a continuous motion. When I first came to the city, Herman explained, I had an old brass compass. I can't tell you how helpful it was. But I lost it long ago and quickly discovered that making my way through Yosefov required nothing more than solving a puzzle that consists of finding a path between two points. And this isn't such a difficult task, as the number of these puzzles isn't as infinite as you may think. It's limited to the number of streets in the district squared, minus this number of streets. And there really aren't that many of these streets, even when you take into account the ones that change direction, like Shiroka yesterday. In the end, you realize that finding your way from any point in Yosef up to another is just a matter of recalling one of these puzzles you've already solved. The driver made no response to this, and Klaus and Hermann stepped out of the car. Here Hermann noticed the concession stands lining a cemetery wall, and he nodded toward one, which was selling kielbasas and beer. Grudgingly, Klaus nodded back, and he bought Herman one of the burnt sausages the man was selling, which came on a piece of newspaper, along with mustard and a few slices of stale rye bread. Klaus bought Herman a beer, too, which was even weaker than what he had the day before. Your diet hasn't gotten any better since college, Klaus let Herman know, while watching him eat with a grimace after the two sat on a bench. Nor has it gotten any more Jewish. But it has gotten better since Theresienstadt, Herman contended, while again feeling angered that his stomach wasn't allowing him to fully enjoy what he was eating. I thank you for that much. Klaus made no reply, and Herman noted, You're not eating? I had a big breakfast, Klaus noted back, with another grimace. Herman knew this was a lie, and not just because Gertrude had brought him the rolls earlier. It looked as if Klaus hadn't been eating much better than him of late, which made him wonder if this had something to do with the nightmare Klaus was having in the car the day before. Though he tried telling himself that he didn't care, and when this didn't work, he just pretended it. To help with this, he lifted what was left of his sausage and gazed at it, Every morning I would have one of these as Fachina, he remarked, referring to the small meal many Czechs eat between breakfast and lunch, along with the very peculiar New Jersey family I grew up in. They're awful, he added while wiggling the meat a bit, but they're a wonderful kind of awful. Sensing Klaus was anxious to get moving, Herman hurriedly finished what he could before wiping his face with the newspaper and tossing what remained into a garbage pail. 
The two afterwards stepped into the synagogue and inside a large prayer hall that had exceedingly high vaulted ceilings, where hung a chandelier that extended from the ceiling to the level of the balcony, which itself extended halfway around the room. Beneath the chandelier stood a short and heavy-set female SS officer around forty, who was directing a pair of workers in placing oversized photographs on the four walls of the hall, which were labeled Jews, Gypsies, Homosexuals, and the Enfeebled. Don't put it on that wall, you fool, she screamed at one of the men. Can you not see the man's hooked nose? Whether or not he was a homosexual as well is of secondary concern. That must be Lieutenant Cree, Klaus told Herman, while trying to mask his disdain for the woman. He kept trying to do this as the two strode up to her, with Herman feeling disdain as well. Tersely, Klaus introduced himself and Herman, and he told the lieutenant that they were interested in the circumstances of Captain Fisher's death. What's going on here? Herman asked while pointing at the photographs. The woman didn't respond, which led Klaus to sigh and say, The man asked you a question. I don't answer the questions of Jews, she snarled. You will answer this one's lieutenant, Klaus snarled back. Now it was the lieutenant's turn to sigh. She sighed loudly while looking away from both men. We're turning this building and all other synagogues in the district into museums, she revealed as she crossed her arms. This will be one of its main exhibitions. An exhibition of what? Herman asked. Extinct peoples, the woman replied. None of these people are extinct, insisted Herman. The exhibition hasn't opened yet, she insisted back. It will take years before it's completed, but hopefully not many. And what will be the point of this exhibition, was Herman's next question. To chronicle your race and similar forms of life, she matter-of-factly answered, much like how other museums chronicle Neanderthals and dinosaurs and other creatures that weren't fit to survive. You should be thankful that the Reich is taking such trouble and expense to keep the memory of your people alive. Herman wasn't thankful, but he wasn't angered either. He wanted to feel anger, not just at what she had said, but also at how she had defiled what was once a holy place. But he could feel no more anger toward her then he could find joy in being in a synagogue. He could only feel unease, and mostly at himself. Though he tried to ignore this as best he could as he asked, Are you developing these museums in cooperation with Mr. Molly? Who's Mr. Molly? the woman asked back. He's the person responsible for the synagogues, Herman explained. What do you mean by responsible? she uttered. He's responsible for their upkeep, Herman uttered back. Such things are none of my concern, the lieutenant declared while shaking her head. Colonel Riedel's office deals with issues related to the buildings themselves. My responsibilities involve only curation. You're the person who discovered the body of Captain Fisher, Klaus interjected. 
He was sitting out there when I came to work that morning, the woman remarked, after turning toward Klaus and pointing out the door. It's our understanding that you knew him, Herman remarked back, while trying not to look at the pictures or at Lieutenant Krieg directly. He had been observing the progress of the exhibition, she replied. He said that was his purpose, questioned Klaus with a look of confusion. Not exactly, she admitted, but why else would he be here all the time? There is great interest in this exhibition. I hear even Eichmann is interested in our work. Was Captain Fisher ever here at night, Herman inquired. I don't know how late he stayed, was her response, but he was often here when I left for the day, including the day he died. What time did you leave that day, Herman asked. At exactly 4.30, she asserted. This led Herman to pause in thought for a few moments, after which he next asked, Was anyone else here with him when you left? Just the idiot, the woman answered. The idiot, Herman muttered. The crippled idiot who sometimes works here, she groaned, with her voice soaked with contempt. You mean Evo, he said. I didn't even know he had a name, she said back. We just call him Idiot. One day, hopefully, his picture will be up there on that wall, along with others of his kind. Herman tried not to wince at these words, but he couldn't help himself as he grumbled, I have just one more question. What was Captain Fisher doing when you left that day? The woman responded by pointing to one of the back corners of the hall, and she stated, he was very interested in that door over there. Herman looked at what she was pointing at, an old arched door that was much like the one in the Spanish synagogue. What's behind it, he excitedly asked, while glancing at Klaus, who was glancing right back at him with the same excitement. It leads to a cellar, the lieutenant contended. Can we go down there, he then asked. The door's locked and no one has a key, she maintained. Captain Fisher had a locksmith come here, but he couldn't open it either. Nobody can. The captain couldn't even shoot the lock off. So how do you know that it leads to a cellar, Herman groaned. Captain Fisher insisted that it did, the woman said. How did he know this, exclaimed Herman. That I can't tell you, she blurted out with a dismissive wave but he became insistent on it after spending a few days here, even though the first thing I showed him was a blueprint of the building, which has no indication of a cellar. Herman responded by saying, Where does the door lead to on the blueprint? There is no door in the blueprint, she told him. Neither Klaus nor Herman had any more questions, so without saying goodbye to the woman, they started to leave though Herman stopped when he noticed the open and empty ark by the altar. Just one more question, he called out, after turning toward the lieutenant and pointing at the ark. You said that before, she growled, and even then you asked another. More than one, in fact. But this time I mean it, he insisted. What have you done with the Torah that was in that ark? I don't know what you're talking about, she screeched with a shake of her head. 
A large Hebrew scroll that was kept in that compartment, he explained. That compartment has been empty since I started working here, she said. When was that, he said back. Nearly a half year ago, she uttered. Herman nodded, and the two men left the synagogue, with Herman again feeling thankful, this time for fresh air. I guess you were right about Evo, Klaus mumbled as they made their way to the car. I'll have someone pick him up. We have no evidence against him, Herman argued, knowing full well what would await Evo if someone did pick him up. We don't need evidence, Herman, Klaus argued back. It's sufficient that we know he was with the dead man the night he died. We also know that he was in the vicinity of the other dead men as well, and then he was acting suspiciously about the door. We'll discover his connection to all this in short order. If you don't kill him first, Herman countered. Besides, you yourself said that he's conscious of only the basis of realities. Do you have a better suggestion, demanded Klaus? Yes, Herman asserted. We can get into those cellars. If the evidence leads to Evo, we'll find it soon enough. Fine, Klaus snapped after raising his hands in exasperation. We'll get into the cellars. And how do you plan on doing that, Herman questioned, as the two reached the Mercedes. Trust me, Herman, Klaus replied. If the right can get into this country, it can get into two lousy cellars. Klaus further glanced at his watch as he opened the back door and said, I have a meeting right now that I must unfortunately attend. I will take you back to the palace and get you some new guards, and they'll take you to Ubileholava when it's time for dinner. One more thing. I care deeply for Frau Gross, but she is truly the biggest gossiper in town. She is not to know anything about what we're doing other than that you're assisting me in a rather mundane and uninteresting crime investigation. You think she'll believe that, wondered Herman? Convince her, Klaus barked. We both know that you have a way with women.